You know, I love it when we come to do the Lord's Supper. It's just such a credible thing. And, and I know some of you, it may be, um, be new. I know that some, uh, some are guests here today and you're thinking, can I participate? Can I not? And, and, uh, man, I, I love the table that uh, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he did, he, he was doing Passover, but he took two parts of the Passover. He took the bread and the cup and he gave a brand new thing for him about his broken body and his shed blood. And what's interesting to me is that that, uh, that Passover, uh, this is always interesting. People, people uh, I've been part of churches before that close off communion and not everybody's invited to the table and this kind of stuff. It's interesting that when Jesus did the Passover that night, Judas was among those people. And so, you know, I think, I think the Lord opens it up for everybody it, but he he says let a man first examine himself and so we're going to take a few moments to uh, to kind of look at that uh, a little bit I, I want you to turn with me right quick to acts 242 and uh and here's here's the deal about this passage uh, uh what has happened and especially if you're new to the things of christ uh we know that jesus died he was buried he rose from the dead he was on the earth for 40 days. He ascended back before the eyes of his disciples, ascended back into the, into the heavens. And what happened was he told them to go and pray and wait. And they went and prayed for 10 days, and the Holy Spirit came in power and demonstration of God's power. And when that happened is that we saw some incredible things happen, and this is, this is considered the birth of the church. And so the church uh, comes into existence. Well, in Acts 2.42... You start, you, we read about what this church started doing, and, uh, and it's really incredible what they did. And, and let's read it right quick, and then I want to make a comment uh, about it. it. It says this in Acts 2.42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and that's, that's referring to communion or the Lord's Supper, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I mean, this is a great passage. And what happens is, is that many uh, church, uh, church growth people and church, uh, uh, church people who, who understand church and this is what you need to do with your church and setting it up, what they'll do is they'll go to Acts 2.42 and say, you need to be a church that's doing the apostles' teachings. You need to be a church that's praying. You need to be a church that's doing the Lord's Supper. You need to be a church that has community. This is the things you need to instill in your church. You know, what's interesting is, is when I read this, what happened was the Holy Spirit came. These things became automatic. They didn't have some church class on how to do it. They became automatic. So what that tells me is that when God's presence shows up, we do the things of God. Instead of us getting up here and teaching, say, we need to start doing these things. No, when God's presence shows up, you start automatically doing these things. And one of the things they automatically started doing was, is they came to the Lord's tub, uh, table regularly to remember what Jesus Christ had done for them. And uh, I started thinking about that a little bit this week. And I love that, that video that Chris 
Chris got up there because it, it resonates within us so much. And I, and I want to kind of spur off of that just a, a moment if you'll let me. For you that have raised kids, uh, whether they're children or they get into adolescent years, that uh, one of their questions you always get out of kids is, why? You tell them to do something, why? Now, they may not say it. You understand that an eye roll means why, okay? I want you to understand there's some nonverbal things that, but an, an eye roll means why. And so that's the question is why? And, and little kids ask the same thing. Why? Why are we going there? Why, why are we doing that? They want to know the why. And then we get into adolescence and they get a little bit bigger. Why? Until we finally put down our foot and says, because I said so. That's the end of the uh, conversation right at that point. That's the end. Okay, they got to go and then they roll their eyes. So, but that's the question is why, 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 why? You know, it's a big deal to answer the why questions about why we do things in the church. This is the what. This is what we do. And, and here's the deal. If you always focus on what you do, it becomes ritual. And it becomes boring and it becomes stagnant. And people walk away thinking, what's, where's the life in that? But when you know the why, now you start to focus in and you start to see the life that God brings into his, his body. And so what I want to do with you is, I, quickly, I want to share with you seven things that I think are the why behind the table. And, and these are gonna, these are gonna resonate with you and, and I wanna just throw them out to you. The first why is this. It's to remember what God has done. To remember what God has done. In fact, we see this in scripture is, is in, when Paul was instructing the Corinthian church on the Lord's Supper, he says, do this in remembrance of me. Do this to remember me. To remember what Christ has done. And you know what the gospel is? The gospel is God is holy. We are not. We needed a Savior. God sent Jesus because He loves us so much. And all faith in Christ alone, it's not in our works. That is the good news. And see, that is what the gospel is, is we put our faith in Jesus Christ because we are not good enough on our own. We are broken. We're flawed. And we understand that Jesus didn't come to be a good teacher, even though he was a great teacher. He didn't come to be a moral example, even though he was the epitome of purity. He came to give his life for us. And so him giving his life for us, we come to remember it on a day like today. That we remember his grace, his mercy that flows upon us. I mean, it was like, it's like, oh God, I, I remember I was, I was wandering. I was, I was busted. I was broken. And you bring grace and you bring your mercy to me. And we come to remember. So number one, we come to the table at his invitation to remember what he's done for us. Secondly is this. We come to do a checkup and keep short accounts of sin in our life. Now listen. Just because you're a follower of Jesus Christ does not mean you don't blow it on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but my flesh screams at me all the time. My flesh is always screaming at me to do the things that I know that are contrary to what God's Spirit is leading me to do. And what am I going to feed at this point? But when we come to the Lord's table, what we're doing is, is a God's invitation to come and to say, Listen, those wanderings, those things, those things that hold you back, those things that you think that make you not good enough to come to my table, listen, it's a time to come to confess, repent, turn from those things, come fresh today. You see, if not, what we do is we, we blow it, we feel guilt and shame, and then what happens? We start to drift away 
There's many people that aren't aren't here today, not because they don't want to be, they feel too guilty to be. And so we need to come to the table to keep short accounts that we can come and say, God, I'm glad you love me and your grace is sufficient. I'm reminded of that today, but I've got to confess, Lord, you know these things. You know these things. And so we come with that kind of heart to confess those things to the Lord. Thirdly, got the first two. Remember what God has done. Do a checkup. Thirdly is this, is to unite with others in God's family. To unite with others in the family. Um, for us, raising our kids, we, we strove, the best thing that was in us is that at least one meal a day, even as they got older, we would all eat together. We shot for the dinner time because that was the time when you gathered around the table and you could talk about your day. What's going on with your day? How was your day? What was going on? There would be laughter. There would be uh, different things that took place around the table. And food was always a part of it. The table was the place to come and to be able to connect with one another. And, and that's what we would do. And I, I think it's a time for us to connect today. Hey, let's be honest. If, if in a family of five of us growing up, you're always going to get on each other's nerves at some point. You've got to reconcile and you've got to come together. Think about a church that's made up of multitudes of people. You're going to get on each other's nerves every now and then. So what do you do? You come to the table, say, hey, let's get over it. There's more important things. We're unified in Christ. Let's, let's get over this thing, whatever it may be. Because if you're holding on to unforgiveness, that's your fault. You need to let it go. And, and we need to come around the table and we need, to, we need to understand that this is about Jesus. It's not about us. And we gather around the table. Another thing on our table uh, back in the day is, is Pam had a picture uh, by our table. And this table was a picture kind of depicting the wedding feast in heaven. In other words, they took a picture somehow of a table setting and the table went on forever. You could not see the end of it. There's two great things about that picture. One, when I didn't know which side the fork or the spoon went on, I would look at it and it would tell me and I could set the table properly. But number two, it showed me the immensity of the body of Christ, how that God loves for us to be around the table together. So we come to gather around the table. So that's number number three. Number four, to, to find a renewed closeness with Christ. I was going to use the word intimacy, but guys don't like that word so much. But to have a renewed closeness with Jesus Christ. To come, he's inviting us to come. Because you think about it, uh, how many times have a table setting been that close moment when a husband has looked across the candlelight and said, would you marry me? Or I love you. Or to sit around that table and, and to renew, you know, you finally get out of the house and you have a babysitter for the kids and just reconnect. And I think that's part of the Lord's Supper. I think the Lord is saying, come, come to the table and let's reconnect. Man, you're hurried. It's time to slow down. It's time to come back for that closeness. You know, uh, for you that are married in this room, you started dating, you, um, you grew close, you eventually said, would you marry me? You got engaged and, and you have this engagement period and then you had this wedding ceremony or you went and got your license, you had a wedding ceremony and, and you go on to life. You know, you did not have to have a wedding ceremony. You could have uh, got a, a license and and just of the peace or whatever, and never had like a wedding ceremony, but you had one. And since that wedding ceremony, you've had 
uh, vow renewals at different times uh, through, the, uh, through what's taken place. In your walk with Christ, there came a time when you, when you sensed the presence of God. You knew your brokenness. You needed what Jesus did on the cross. You asked him to forgive you. You committed your life to follow after him. You follow after Christ. You followed the Lord uh, maybe in water baptism, and, and, and you took that step and this is what you did. Imagine that that coming to Christ and then taking that step of water baptism. Think about that as like the marriage ceremony, okay? But since that time, there needs to be ongoing vow renewals. And that's what I think about the Lord's table. It's a vow renewal. God, I come just renewing, just to draw close to you again, because I know you've invited me to come close to you. Three more. You're hanging on. Number, the next one is this, to have needed conversations. The table is an invitation by Christ himself to come to the table for needed conversations. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. There was a time that one of our children was struggling during their adolescent years. I won't go into all the details. And she, uh, she was making some decisions that uh, Pam and I weren't necessarily in favor of, and we needed to have the talk, a talk. And we needed to have a talk, not with the other two present. So what, what we did is we took this one out to eat. And uh, we went out to eat. And we sat as we sat at the table, we began to have a heart-to-heart discussion about some things. Did we have to go to the table? Did we have to eat? No, but there was something about that intimate fellowship that opens up the door to be able to have the conversation. And I think that maybe, just maybe, God is saying... I want you to come to the table today. I want you to come fresh because we need to have some conversations. I remember another one where uh, uh, when the Lord uh, was moving on uh, on our heart um, to move out of student ministry, which which is a very secure place, secure for our family, everything in that, and to step into a church planting starting situation. And I remember um, taking Pam to lunch. Everything, see, it's about that table, food, we love food anyway, and I think the Lord loves food, so let's gather around food. And to have that conversation about, honey, I think this is what God is saying. What's he saying to you? And to have that heart-to-heart discussion. See, I think we're running so much that the Lord is saying, okay, stop. Come to the table. Let's have a talk. Let's get some, let's get some things in order, and let's have that talk. Number six. To grieve over past hurts and failures and get strength to move on. See, I know some of you are grieving different stuff. And it's not necessarily the, the, the a death of someone, even though it may have been the death of someone. Some of you, it's been a death of a marriage. Some of you, it's been a death of a child that's in rebellion. Some of you, it's a death of a job. Some of it's the, the death of dreams and hopes. Some of it's I don't, I don't, the death of a future. I don't know what it may be, but, but you know, when somebody has a death in the family, what do we do? We give them two things. We give them ourselves and we give them food. That's the two things we give them. I mean, what else? We don't know what else to do. And so that's a perfect thing. And I think the Lord is saying today, hey, listen, I want to invite you to the table because I know you're grieving. I know you're hurting. And it's time to get some strength so that you can go on and be effective. And he's inviting you to the table today for that. One more. The table is an invitation to come and celebrate victory. You know, um, 
for you that have raised kids or you may remember back to your sports days or dance days or cheering days, whatever your days may have been. When you had a contest, after that contest, used to be you would go do it if you won. Now everybody goes to eat. But uh, we won't get into that one. That's another message. Uh, but you would win the game. Then you would go celebrate victory. You'd have victory dances in school. You'd have those kind of things. You would have victory that you would go. And, and, and the, I think what the Lord is saying today is, listen, come to the table because we've won. Victory has come. Let's celebrate it. You see, what used to happen in biblical times when there was a, a battle that took place, you know, if, the, if an army defeated you, somebody had to go back and tell the people, you've got to hit the hills because they're going to come and you're either going to get wiped out or you're going to become a slave to them because we lost. But then again, if they won, a runner would be sent back to say, here's the good news, we've won. What I'm here to tell you today is I'm running back to you with the good news that we've won. That what Jesus Christ did is he brought victory. And we come to the table to say, listen, we're the winners. We're the winners. Now, yeah, look day to day that's going on around you. We don't shut our eyes to the junk that we're seeing on a daily basis. But let me tell you, those are but symptomatic of something that's going to pass away. Victory has come. And so we hang on to that. I want to ask Brett and the team to come come back up here. Because we're going to take a moment for you to just do a checkup. And so here, here's, here's the thing today. The Lord is inviting you to the table. And here are things. Just think about this. To remember what God has done to do a checkup about short accounts of sin, to unite with others in God's family, to find renewed closeness to Christ, have a needed conversation, to grieve and find strength to move on, and to celebrate. What we're going to do is Brett and the team are going to lead us in a song of worship. And here's, here's the deal. You know, over the next few moments, it's, it's up to you. You know, uh, I sometimes wish we had more of a, a spirit of demonstrative openness, but sometimes we're a little conservative. But I, I just want to throw it open to you. This, uh, this step's become an altar. There's friends and family that maybe you just want to pray with or encourage or, or whatever. You know, we need those kind of, kind of moments. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm just going to ask that, that you allow the Holy Spirit of God to, uh, to speak with you. And I, I want you to stand with me. We'll start in that posture. You don't have to stay in that posture. But, but that is one of the, one of the things. And um, here, here's, here's just one other thing we're going to be doing. I, I think there's always times for teachable moments for us as a congregation. Uh, Brenda Wright is going to be having... Uh, starting chemo treatments this week. And so I'm going to ask the elders that are here and the pastors to come. And let's just uh, gather around Brenda. And uh, uh, I'm going to ask you to join us, honey. And, and uh, we're just going to pray, anoint Brenda.
we believe it's scriptural. It says to anoint with oil and to pray. And so we're going to pray over Brenda and, and, uh, and Barry and, and just pray uh, for this. You know, some of you have walked that path and you know how to pray even more. So we want you to take that opportunity to do that. But we're just going to open it up for a few moments and then we're going to come back and take the Lord's Supper together. So, Father, use this time for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.